0: Hey there everybody, welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast. This is episode number 35 with Morgan Johnson. A super cool episode. Uh, she is a huge Harry Potter fan uh, and a higher ed professional that works in a really unique organization. Uh, so we talk about that a bit and uh, just all the things that she's uh, consuming and all the things that are capturing her attention uh, at this moment. A couple of podcasts and uh, books and uh, shows and all that good stuff. So uh, definitely... Uh, I uh, really appreciate Morgan uh, sharing all that she did and uh, uh, giving us some time here uh, for the show. But uh, yeah, just uh, enjoy this episode number 35 after this brief message from our sponsor. Hey there, listeners. It's an honor to have our good friends at SwiftKick be a sponsor of the podcast because I've seen their work firsthand and it's truly unlike any student leadership training I've experienced. They've been voted best student leadership program unprecedented five times, so you know they must be doing something right. As a bonus for our listeners, SwiftKick is giving a $500 discount off their normal speaking fee if you mention higher ed Geek when you contact them. I highly recommend their trainings for your campus as your students will be talking about it for months afterwards. It's really great stuff. Check them out at SwiftKickHQ.com to learn more and let them know I sent you. Now, back to the show. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we'll get right to it here. Um So I really appreciate you uh, making time for the podcast here. I know we've kind of uh, crossed paths or I think been (laughs) sort of uh, digitally in the same uh, spaces of sort of the kind of high red geek spaces that exist online. So um, yeah, I'm excited to learn more about you and talk to you more. And um, yeah, we'll start out here as we always do. If you just want to introduce yourself and kind of, you know, a brief version of your professional journey and how you got to be where you are today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, My name is Morgan Johnson, and I currently work at College Housing Northwest in Portland, Oregon, which is a not-for-profit organization that is a uh, private-public partnership um, between Portland State University and Oregon State University, in which we do property management for uh, college students. And so uh, I didn't exactly anticipate that this is where I'd end up when I went to college. Uh, I decided that when I was in middle school, I wanted to study graphic design. And so that's what I went and got my bachelor's degree in at uh, the University of Northern Iowa. Mm -hmm. While I was there, much like a lot of people who are in higher ed and student affairs, I was involved in a lot of stuff. (laughs) Um, I was an RA, a tour guide. Um, I worked with the Alumni Association. I wrote for the school newspaper, but my crowding jewel of my time there was being the um, female campus mascot, (laughs) Mm. Um, which was absolutely amazing experience. Um, And while I was in a handful of campus jobs in graphic design, I was doing design through some different student organizations. I realized that I didn't really want to do that long term. I really love art and design, but I didn't want to do it, um, you know, for my career anymore. And so I had, you know, that fantastic token advisor who asked, you know, have you considered going into student affairs? And so um, I did some research into that and decided to go to grad school. Um, I did my master's degree at Bowling Green State University in Ohio and um, did some work in the campus activities office with parent programs and then also in the career center. And when I finished my program there, I moved out to Portland, Oregon to join my partner. And that's how I ended up at College Housing Northwest.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, I guess we'll speak generally, but also I'm just very curious about the, you know, (laughs) you spoke, you know, highly of your time as a mascot. So I guess (laughs) give, you know, I guess that brief sort of synopsis of like what that was like, like, did you seek it out? And like, I I guess, how long did you do it while you're in school? And maybe like a fun anecdote about it, because I'm just very curious to hear about that.
1: Yeah, um, where I went to school, it's a secret. Um, So they had uh, kind of covert auditions um, with the mascot advisor and some current mascots. Um, The uh, dean of the art department at the time also does performance art and was in on the audition process. And so we had these secret auditions in three different levels, and um, I made it to the the final round and was brought on just the year after that they actually uh, debuted the female mascot. And so it was really exciting to get to unveil her in her marching band uniform, you know, side by side with her brother, and um, you know get to, you know, be on the sidelines at football games, you know, like really the best seat in the house. Um, But it was really challenging because I had to keep this secret for the last two years of my college career. I I was able to tell a couple people who I knew would be really suspicious as to why I stopped going to sporting events. Um, But the coolest tradition with all of that is on commencement day, uh, the people who had been a mascot get to wear the feet from the mascot suit. And um, it was just amazing to see the reaction of all these people. People who had no idea for the last two years that, um, you know, one of the uh, the Panthers on campus was somebody that they knew. Um, and so it was really cool to um, do this really amazing thing that so many people love on campuses across the country um, and kind of get that behind the scenes look into athletics and um school spirit I was a I was a cheerleader all four years in high school and so oh, it wow. was kind of a weird natural progression to end up being a mascot in college
0: <laughs> gotcha um, well I feel like some campuses have these like quote-unquote like secret societies that are just kind of like <laughs> like honor societies or something but almost just like <laughs> being a mascot is like this secret society like it's very yeah, exclusive. And yeah, you have to keep it secret. Like, because I think sometimes it's sort of like a wink wink, like, oh, you're in like, because I know like Rutgers had like, um uh, it's like Skull and Bones or something, like something like that. in mm-hmm. it's this old society, but it's essentially just, you know, kind of very high achievers and they have a ceremony. It's not really secret. Maybe it was <laughs> at one time. But um yeah, I mean, that's the whole idea of the mascot is you just sort of like see the character. You kind of have to,
1: mm-hmm. you know, just
0: sort of believe in that. And, you know, you really did have to keep the secret, which, uh, yeah, that's very, very interesting. But yeah, it's something <laughs> very cool experience and uh, something very few people have. But I guess, you know, with that or all the other stuff that you did, um, maybe specifically during undergrad, you know, like, what do you feel like your college experience gave you, you know, personally and or professionally that still kind of resonates with you today?
1: i think what really was uh you know the the best part of college for me was getting the opportunity to figure out who i was that's so cliche going to college to find yourself and whatever else but for me that was really true because there were a lot of opportunities in high school that i um you know took advantage of activities wise um from 4h band choir um writing for the school newspaper that ended up translating into my college career. However, there were a lot of things that I had as interests that I ended up being chastised for, made fun of for, because I went to a really tiny school and there weren't, um, you know, a lot of people to necessarily connect with about some of the interests that I had really wanted to explore. And being able to go to college with all these new people was kind of uh, a push of the reset button. And so I was able to uh, explore a bunch of um, different subject areas and and, you know, try things like Dungeons and Dragons for the first time. Um, and to really figure out um, who my people were and what my interests were and what I really valued in interpersonal relationships.
0: Yeah, yeah that's that's huge. I mean, um, and yeah, as, as cliche as it is, that is uh, sort of my path as well. Is just, uh, I guess, it, more so in the sense of like, just building confidence like I found my identity in mm-hmm. terms of like who I am is like it's okay like you don't have to try to be someone else and like um yeah I, th- I think yeah like playing Dungeons and Dragons I played with my brother um during like high school and early uh college years I feel like it is a uh it is an epiphany um allows you to be very <laughs> like creative you got to have to like you know check your ego at the door like I would, I would sort of liken it to like it's like very specific, like improv almost. Like you really just oh, have to sure. like get in, like, you know, imagine things and just like, you know, get into character. And um, so, yeah, that's really cool. But um, yeah, so I guess, you know, yeah, you can find yourself, you find a uh, career that you want to pursue um, in higher ed. You're now working in a very unique um, organization that's sort of um, hired adjacent, you know, partnering with uh, institutions. So, um, you know, what kind of keeps you inspired, keeps you motivated, you know, what do you enjoy most about your current work? And if you want to just give kind of the, um, the basic details of how, you know, your organization operates.
1: Yeah. So um, like I mentioned, College Housing Northwest is a nonprofit, which is really uncommon um, in regards to these uh, higher ed adjacent property management types of businesses, because for for most places, they are businesses. They're out there to make money. Um, But for us, uh, it's really about providing uh, an experience for college students um, that's somewhere between residence life and just generally living off campus in any, you know, Non-script property management, mm-hmm. um, building, and so with that, I supervise a team of RAs. I have a resident council. I oversee a community space that our residents can reserve for study sessions or birthday parties or whatever else. And so we're trying to fill that gap between, you know, um, you know, when somebody either stops living with their family or no longer lives on campus and they go to live on their own for the first time. There is a lot of uh, great transitional opportunities in which we get to engage with our students, taking the opportunity to talk through with them. What is a lease? What are you signing? Um, what does it mean when you are living in a multifamily community and you have neighbors and you, um, you know, need to abide by um, certain policies and procedures as are outlined in your lease? And taking all of those opportunities as learning moments. Um, and so those are some of the uh, most interesting parts of the process um, and the organization for me, that we um, take a look at this experience of you know living on your own living off campus whatever that means to um, that student at that time and trying to figure out how we can inject some um, you know adulting skills I guess into uh, into that experience
0: yeah very interesting and yeah I mean that's a lot of like I think the stuff that people feel like is missing sometimes, you know, like the the life skills of like yeah, understanding a lease and like, you know, having the developmental experiences of living with a roommate and like those sort of things. So and it seems like I've I've learned of a few organizations that are like those property managers partnering with institutions and um, maybe they literally are building the community um, and then running it in you know coordination with the um institution and it seems like they are hiring for a little bit more of that like kind of residence life experience and kind of having it be kind of like a stepping stone versus like making a huge leap from uh living at home or living on campus to then um living out uh you know off campus so um yeah that's very interesting and i guess um i guess to clarify so like they So are like the the properties that you have, are they just like apartment complexes or are they like group houses or like what's sort of the the format of the the living space?
1: Yeah, we have um, a a couple buildings that we ended up building on our own um, that are just your typical apartment complexes and a couple that we've acquired over the years. The property that we have at Oregon State is actually um, the remodeled on-campus hotel. (laughs) Um, So uh, we uh, really look for spaces that are in your campuses, that would be an easy commute for students because we know that that commute time is valuable. And um, yeah, it's, it's all uh, your kind of standard apartment, anything from studio to a two bedrooms. So if you want to live by yourself, that's great. Or if you want to have um, some roommates, split the cost of rent um, and share those spaces, that's also an opportunity that our buildings provide.
0: Mm, yeah, and I, I feel like I see that a lot too because it's like, hotels are like if one becomes like vacant or something it's like a perfect residence hall like exactly. you know, like <laughs> it's kind of like almost built to that and you can you know tinker with it a little bit to you know kind of optimize it for our purposes but uh, um, yeah that's cool I mean, when I guess something else I'm curious in terms of like the development part do you still do um, like conduct processes or how does that kind of work like I guess how much of it is if you had to sort of like equate like a ratio for the partnership with the institution like is it pretty like 50-50 like do the RAs Technically work for the institution or like the organization. I like, guess some of those like I'm curious mm-hmm. how those like, things work out
1: yeah, by and large we're uh, uh, Independently owned and operated with a specific partnership um, with the institution uh, so um, for us all of our RAs and other employees are employees of College Housing Northwest um, and our conduct processes take uh uh, form in house. Um, we don't um, partner with institutions in that way. In fact, we have to abide by um, you know everything that comes around FERPA. And in return, when campuses might be seeking information about students, we have to abide by landlord-tenant law and fair housing law, which can be an interesting um, you know line to to balance on. Um, but as far as conduct processes go, going back to that leasing, learning, educational moment um, piece that I mentioned earlier, we. We like to um, stay in touch with our residents in the event that they get a violation for either smoking in their apartment or making too much noise or, you know, they have a a pet that they're not authorized to have. Um, And at a certain point, after they get, uh, you know, a couple of the same notices, we ask them to come into our office. We have a chat with them, you know, get to know them, talk to them about, um, you know, what our staff has observed and documented and using that as an opportunity to talk to them about living in a community and the impact that has on their their neighbors and our staff and um, talking to them also about the impact that it might have on their rental history. Um, Because a lot of people who are living in our apartments are living on their own and renting for the first time. And so they don't necessarily have a frame of reference of, you know, when they move out of here and they want to go live somewhere else that they're going to call us up and ask, you know, what kind of tenant were they? Um, You know, did they pay their rent on time? Were they quiet? Did they smoke? That kind of stuff. And using that conversation as an opportunity to help them think longer term in regards to their rental history
0: yeah um yeah yeah it's fascinating um so I have to, <laughs> we could talk i guess like the whole episode <laughs> about that but like because yeah i guess it's it's different too because i think some um partnerships like that will yeah you know it leans a little bit more where it's like it's university staff in the building like student staff mm-hmm. they do it still just like room and board so it's just one lump sum or whatever but like it's it's good to have that yeah like you have to pay a monthly rent and you have to you know live up to your you know leasing agreement and that sort of thing, like to where i guess it's just taking a different shape because there is obviously like a student code mm-hmm. of conduct and like student handbook it's the same idea of like you have kind of agreed to these uh rules and all that but i think it you know it takes that sort of uh form and shape of what the student would experience as they are you know graduating and you know moving to a place to to live while they work um mm-hmm. so yeah really interesting stuff but it it, it takes some of the like the best parts of student life of that, like, you know, like developmental learning moments and um, all of that of kind of like scaffolding them as they, you know, build their own life to uh, again, not have it be this huge leap and like a huge difference where they're not realizing, yeah, they're making some, some poor choices that will uh, linger <laughs> with them for a while. Um, so cool. Well, um, yeah, very interesting work. I appreciate you uh, sharing a bit about that, but well, now we'll kind of go to the, uh, the fun personal uh, stuff of like what you're, Uh, Geeking out about so obviously you've uh, you know discovered stuff like D&D in college So I don't know if you're (laughs) still into that or what but you know, just kind of what are you geeking out about currently? You know, is it stuff that you've discovered more recently stuff that you've always been into? You know just kind of thematically what are the things that are grabbing your attention lately?
1: um, I have been a huge Harry Potter fan since I was in fifth grade. At this point, uh, I've had more of my life with Harry Potter in it than I have had without it. Mm. I've been to Harry Potter conventions. Uh, My partner and I went to see the play in London last year and we're going to see it on Broadway in a couple months. I did uh, some of my first cosplaying this last year at uh, Rose City Comic Con here in Portland as Dolores Umbridge, uh, which was a blast. (laughs) Um, And so I'm, uh, you know putting my my feet into the cosplaying waters a little bit as a result of that. Um, And so, yeah, Harry Potter is just a huge part of my life. Um, Recently, as in these last like three or four years, I've really gotten into listening to podcasts. So um, this is uh, really amazing to be a part of a podcast um, because I listen to podcasts almost constantly. Um, I know that a couple people on your show have mentioned My Favorite Murder, which is one of my favorite podcasts Mm -hmm. as well um and i just i listen to so many um i recently got into good one which is a podcast um from vulture in which uh the host talks to different comedians about a joke that they wrote and what their thought process thought process was and um what that joke means to them and to their audiences um I've also been really interested in um, this podcast called Hackable by um, McAfee, in which they talk about different things in our world that have the potential of being hacked and kind of break it down to see how easy is it to hack this and what are the implications of that. Um, in fact, there was something in which they talked about, uh, you know, the the technology that our fob readers, uh, you know, use and how mm. easy it is to hack that. And I've been able to, you know, go back to work and say, oh my gosh, did you know like all of the the vulnerabilities that that come around you know having um rfid and fob access and and whatever else so hackable uh not not necessarily the best podcast if you're um easily paranoid um but it's definitely interesting to think about the implications that uh the technology around us has and um what we might not necessarily think of as uh gaps in the system
0: Mm -hmm. well i think yeah it's just been kind of a um sort of just a phase i guess right now is that like really getting into like digital privacy, um, cause it's just kind of a zeitgeisty uh, topic right now. But, um, yeah, I think it it takes that shape of like, you know, especially within higher ed, like you were mentioning, like, you know, there's a, a lot of some sort of information that we have to be conscious about how we're, uh, sharing, but then like, you know, human beings are often very reactive. So like only after Something gets hacked, we'll be like, oh, we should, you know, and this is the same thing with like a natural disaster. it's like, oh, well, we had a flood, so we'll just like prevent that flood from ever happening again. But it's like, well, that flood may never happen again. Like, you might have a storm that comes in from a different angle, or you know, it's mm-hmm. more windy than rain, or you know, and it's just like you kind of react to the last thing. And I can imagine, and like getting hacked, you react to the last thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're like. Yeah, kind of geeking out about like, oh, interesting. Yeah, like FOBs. Like, I didn't think of that, but yeah, that's certainly a vulnerability of like, you know, if you like, like a. I'm sure they might talk about like you know, uh, ATM card readers, like mm-hmm. things that can like clone and like duplicate the information, or like they pull it out. It's like if somebody's beeping in, like it's it's attached to a profile that does have other information sort of associated with it, even though it's just this simple like, okay you know, ID number, whatever, like, do you have access to this? Th- you know, like it's a simple transaction that kind of happens when you beep, but it does, you know, I'm sure like if you kind of breach something, it, you know, it's probably going to be bad news. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's like cool to kind of like, I mean, I didn't even know that podcast exists, but that's good on them to, you know, kind of, uh, talk about that stuff. And yeah, probably a lot of different, you know, relevance to different kind of people, whether it's, you know, higher ed or somewhere else. So that is a good recommendation. I might, uh like a spy one of those episodes. Um, but I guess, yeah, any, any of the things, you know, maybe especially Harry Potter, you know, that's, that seems like a especially resonant thing for you. You know, what is that, you know, given your life, like how has that positively contributed to your life that it like sort of garners this, you know, ongoing, just passionate, uh, sort of fascination that you would, you know, Mm -hmm. adventure (laughs) the world, uh, you know, experiencing Harry Potterness. uh, because I will say, uh, we had uh, a company meeting like retreat that they brought everybody out to in uh, Orlando and like Harry Potter world is amazing. Mm. Uh, I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. even like the hugest <laughs> Harry Potter fan, but it was like super immersive. It's, it's just this world, but you know, I want to be a part of, so that was really awesome. But I guess for you, like what, what does it give you that sort of is uh, kind of most resonant?
1: I think for a lot of people who are around our age, there's that that uh, aspect of literally growing up with Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I discovered Harry Potter, I was 11 years old. And so, um, you know, as the books were coming out, as the movies were being cast, you know, I'm, I'm about the same age as um, the, the actors um, who are Harry, Ron, and Hermione. And so that, I think, um, you know, creates a specific kind of emotional attachment for me. But I've also been able to really connect with amazing people in the Harry Potter community. Um, and I, in fact, do some volunteer work with an organization called the Harry Potter Alliance, which uh, frames themselves as the Dumbledore's army for the real world. And they do a lot of really amazing campaigns. Um, they've been doing a lot of great work for the LGBT community. Um, they've been petitioning Warner Brothers to do, th- you know, things like, you um, sell fair trade chocolate because of the, um, issues with non-fair trade, uh, chocolate and, um, the working conditions of the, uh, the people who, um, you know, manufacture that. Uh, And so it's been really amazing to connect this fandom with, um, some really positive not-for-profit work. Um, there's a local Portland chapter and there are chapters all around the world, um, that take this mission of this organization um, that is tied to a specific fandom and also to a variety of other fandoms um, to do some really amazing practical work. Um, So this community that I've been able to build and then also um, this uh, way that I never would have imagined um, that fandom could give back to our world have just been so rewarding to engage with through the Harry Potter community. Mm,
0: Yeah. Well, and something I have to give a lot of credit for um, because it's, it's also cool how they're – I mean, I'm, I'm more of like a movie TV kind of buff, but because um, now they have like the um, uh, Incredible Beast uh, movies coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, like Harry Potter World and um, – I'm, I'm like a huge Star Wars fan, but I have to give them credit because like Star Wars is like finally catching up like, you know, since Disney acquired them and they're doing like the their own little land. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like – I think they've just garnered so much appreciation again for that world that they've created that it does create these deep connections and um i think what they're starting to get better at i guess is sometimes like the representation but like it, it has you know with like double door as this like chief character that i think like was one of those first times for me like in a you know, the geeky interest, it was just sort of blindsided, of like, oh yeah, like double or gay. Just like, like, oh what? <laughs> like, you know, and, and I think they're, they're still kind of working on it. I know that some people are having an issue with like, you know, how it's represented in the incredible beast movies, but mm-hmm. like just the idea that like it was, you know, doing that sort of thing and like at the very least the world that they've created and sort of the themes and stuff is just, I don't know. I, I think again, Star Wars is kind of catching up now that they're kind of resetting with these uh, newer movies, but, um, Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, because it's just one of those things that like, yeah, like people will really get into. And it's great that they're kind of channeling that energy into good ways through um, that organization. So we'll definitely uh, link out to them to have folks check out. But um, so I guess kind of, you know, in this geeky theme, uh, if there's anything, um, you mentioned a couple of podcasts, we'll definitely link out to those too. But um, anything that you are reading, watching and or listening to that you want to name drop so we can uh, include in the show notes.
1: Yeah, um, I'm currently reading I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara, which is the uh, book about the Golden State Killer that she was working on um, when she died. And so her husband, uh, comedian Patton Oswalt, um, and a couple other um, true crime researchers that she had been working with assembled the book that she was working on. um, And I had purchased it before um, the uh, suspected... uh, killer was caught uh, mm. about a month or so ago and so i'm i'm slowly working my way through that and it's absolutely a fascinating read for anybody who's interested in true crime um but i also Watch a lot of television. My goodness, I watch a lot of television. Um, so recently, my favorite shows have been Silicon Valley, um, which is just absolutely hilarious. Um, and similarly on HBO, I loved, loved, loved the first season of Barry. Um, Bill Hader is a hitman who ends up going to acting classes, and it's such a bizarre and absurd premise. And the season finale was one of the best season finales on television I've ever seen. Um, but speaking about a season finale, uh, or really a, a series finale that I can't stop thinking about, um, The Americans wrapped up just a couple weeks ago, and the series finale of that show was absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's a show about a family living in Washington, D.C., um, who are uh, Russian uh, spies during the Cold War, and um, it's the series goes through their life um you know trying to make a normal life as americans but also having this the secret double life in which they're trying to gain information about um you know what the american government is doing so they can share that with their their home country and uh the the final season was just so good i highly highly recommend it
0: wow. yeah heard good things i think uh, sometimes it's like knowing that the like whole book is complete kind of, of like the TV show. I could be like, okay, yeah, now I can like, just go through it all. And then I can just sort of like, uh, I guess not have to wait too long, uh, for new episodes. It's all just there, but, um, yeah, that's all, uh, all good stuff. And, um, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, we'll just wrap up the episode, uh, as we always do, just some of things or thing, uh, that you are looking forward to in your job life and or the world.
1: So I am just a few weeks out from starting RA training, so I have a group of five RAs that'll be starting the first week in July, so I'm really excited about that. Um, outside of that, I'm really pumped for a couple of movies that are coming out soon. Won't You Be My Neighbor, the Mr. Rogers documentary comes out this next week, as well as the uh, incredible sequel. The Incredibles is my favorite Pixar movie, and I've been waiting for so long to get this incredible sequel, and I am so excited uh, to finally be able to see it
0: yeah yeah i booked my tickets a while ago i'm excited for uh, <laughs> for it too and um yeah i mean those those are two uh i i assume just very heartwarming movies just nice positive vibes and mm-hmm. um yeah i think uh that's what i like about uh i mean i guess it's getting a bit more spread out but just having like a good movie to look forward to to see in the theaters like that's uh it's the best so um yeah, I guess we will uh, we'll wrap it up there. Appreciate you sharing all that you did and everything that we mentioned uh, that I can find. We'll link out too, but um, yeah, just really awesome stuff, and uh, and yeah, really appreciate your time. And just have a uh, good rest of your week.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Dustin. You as well.
0: This podcast is a proud member of the Connect Edu Podcast Network, bringing together diverse voices and thoughtful discussions to the higher ed community. Check us out online at connectedu.network or on Twitter at ConnectEDU pod. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek podcast.